Hello, soccer fans. Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 70. I'm not joined by my brother Nihal, as I stated on the previous episode. We don't stick to a true script on these shows, but I do kind of have an outline, and just the way that the segments are handled is going to be a bit different, but bear with me. I I think we're still going to do a good job here, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, If there's any background noise in this episode, uh, forgive me. I'm in LA right now, and I couldn't really find a good enough spot uh, to, you know, minimize all sound. But uh, it shouldn't be too much of a problem. I recorded the last episode in the same area. So um, forgive me if that is an issue that comes up. But why don't we get right into the soccer. The U.S. men's national team beat Honduras 6-0 in San Jose on Friday night in their third World Cup qualifying match. It was Bruce Arena's first competitive match with the team. Klinsman handled the first two qualifiers, and those didn't go really well after losses to Mexico and Costa Rica. But we looked like a new team in this episode, Grant Wall said before the game, it's as close to a must-win game as there can be, and he was right. If we lost this game, we would not be in good shape. But um, we, we looked like a new team out there. Uh, we organized in a 4-4-2 diamond before the game, kind of like how I predicted it, not really. Um, I didn't uh, I didn't predict a true diamond, I predicted a 4-1-3-2, but I, I think that's pretty much what it ended up being. I think Bradley could be seen as a defensive mid or a center mid. It really just depends on how you look at it. And Honduras played a 5-2-3 or a 5-4-1, depending on how you want to look at it, with Elise leading the charge, Kyoto and Nahar on either side of him. I said Nahar would probably play right back on the previous episode, but I did expect four in the back, so that, that changed up how that went a little bit. It didn't matter, though, too much, because the U.S., was really the only team on the score sheet in this game, and for most of the game, it looked like they were the only team competing. So why don't I go through each goal, and then I can analyze a little bit. So in the fifth minute, Josie Altidore plays a good ball into Christian Pulisic. He gets his shot deflected while trying to meg the keeper, and Sebastian Lechet cleans it up. Sebastian Lechet, a player who Jurgen Klinsmann didn't give many chances, we're already seeing Bruce Arena's new coaching style implemented early in the game. And then uh, in the 27th minute was our next goal. Michael Bradley makes a great run, going past two to three defenders, gets it onto his left, swings his hips, and gets a nice little ground shot past Escobar, the Honduras goalkeeper. And then it's 2-0. And in the 32nd minute, Christian Pulisic plays a really nice ball up. Dempsey has a great first touch off his shoulder or chest. I I couldn't really tell. And then volleys it in the top right corner. It was a beautiful volley. Perfect shot. 3-0, and that was the first half goal, so now in the second half there's just as many. In the 46th minute, Clint Dempsey loses the ball initially, but uses great strength to fight back and win the ball and play it to Josie Altidore. He plays a really nice low ball in the air to Christian Pulisic, who puts it past Escobar near post. Uh, In the 49th minute, Honduras makes a mistake in the midfield. Altidore passes it to Pulisic, who plays a perfectly weighted ball to Clint Dempsey, who rounds Escobar and puts it in the back of the net like clockwork. Clint Dempsey in the 54th minute gets another goal, this time by free kick, lifting it over Escobar, uh, Escobar, excuse me, to the left side netting, and there was 6-0, and everyone's going crazy, the U.S. gets three points, it was Jurgen Klinsmann, we were right, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not gonna mention Klinsmann again, okay, maybe I will a few more times, but I don't want this to just be a Klinsmann hate episode, uh, we've had enough of those. So right off the bat, I mean, I said the name Christian Pulisic a lot of times. He had two assists and a goal. Three assists if you include the first goal because he did have a shot that was deflected off the keeper and that was kind of his assist, but I don't think it officially counts as such. Um, uh, it is it is unfortunate that uh, Sebastian Lechet had to leave the game in the 70th, 17th minute due to injury and then Bedoya came on for him. Uh, when Bedoya came on, it was basically the same look that I predicted in the previous 
episode, but um, shout out Sebastian Lechet. I mean, he proved that he deserves another call up. Um, he was sent home this morning um, in a roster change uh, due to the injury, but um, I definitely want to see him more for the U.S. national team. Um, Michael Bradley. So Michael Bradley is a player who gets a lot of scrutiny on the team. He has very a very high bar, and maybe rightfully so, but he definitely proved why he is the captain in this game. Um, defensively, very sound. And, I mean, that's that, that's a testament to Bruce Arena and playing him in this position. You know, Jurgen Klinsmann playing Bradley at attacking mid, that's not where he's most effective. And also credit to Christian Pulisic for allowing Bradley to take a step back, sometimes playing in between the center backs for build-up. And that goal in the 27th minute, man, I mean, that was, that was some vintage Michael Bradley. That was, in its own way, maybe a little cooler than the Scotland goal. I mean, I know that was a better shot, but Bradley... Bradley was just running through the defense and tried to look up for a pass, saw the goal, took his shot, um, and it was a great play. And, and, and Christian Christian Pulisic, while I'm still talking about him, his passing was just so superb. In the 32nd minute, I already mentioned that goal, but that ball that ball up, just that little ball up, was, was really well-timed. And I think one of his, probably his best ball, ball in the match was in the 49th minute, which led up to um, Dempsey's second goal. That was just perfectly weighted. It was perfectly timed. Clint Dempsey didn't even need to take a touch on the ball until he actually rounded past Escobar. So that that was... Uh, I mean, he's just amazing me. His technical ability is so sound. And athleticism isn't bad either. Um, in the 19th minute, uh, he made a really nice move around a defender near the sideline. But the sideline ref called it out of bounds. But he was on goal, and it was the wrong call after looking at the replay. He definitely got screwed there. I think he could have gotten a second goal. Um, that would have been the second goal for the U.S. if if that ended up counting. I mean, it is a stretch to say that that was a goal, but that, that would have been a goal. But definitely I could see uh, in a realistic scenario how that could end up being a goal. Alejandro Bedoya, when he came on, I thought he fit in pretty well. But, I mean... He, you don't really need to do much when you have this much creativity around you. I thought that w- when I was watching this game that Altidore, Dempsey, and Pulisic really formed this this trifecta that was just really unstoppable. Uh, th- that connection, I mean, you saw it specifically on um, Dempsey's second goal. Altidore, uh, you know, making a nice run, passes into Pulisic, who's playing in that number 10 role, staying in that position, and then plays it into Dempsey. Uh, and I, th- I think that that combination was also uh, there a couple other times, maybe not specifically those three th- those three players in a row, but they definitely all got each other involved. And um, you know, Josie Altidore again played a really good game. Didn't have a goal, but he contributed a lot. And I I, I really don't want to change anything about about how this game how this lineup was. I think Bruce Arena did a really good job. And as Taylor Twelman said, Bruce Arena made this team look very comfortable. They looked like they were playing for the U.S. They looked like they all wanted to be here. And Jurgen Klinsmann, on the other hand, was all about making the players feel uncomfortable. And I think that Bruce Arena making that change, making everyone feel at home a little bit, allowed this team to work as a unit and allowed us to look very, very good Um in this game, and uh, another injury that I should mention uh, as I'm talking about this game is uh, Jonathan jo- John Anthony Brooks in the 70th minute. He had a non-contact injury while trying to clear the ball, and he was stretched out in the 70th minute, so he will not be showing up for the Panama game. It's really unfortunate. We hope that 
Uh, Brooks can get back to full match fitness soon. He did play pretty well in this game. Um, one of Honduras's best chances was in the 45th minute. Um, and Dino, who just came on for the injured Kyoto, uh, looked to have a missed missed an easy shot in the 45th minute, and we got a goal kick because at everyone it looked like a, an easy missed shot, but it was actually deflected off Brooks. Um, and Brooks is Brooks is a player that I really like, very physically strong, and uh, he is prone to individual mistakes, as I said on the last episode, but he, he can make up for uh, those kind of things with his amazing plays, his amazing headers, and just his brute athleticism. So definitely a player that you, we want to see going forward, um, but that's pretty much a given anyway. Uh, Jeff Cameron uh, was playing right back for the majority of the match. He got a yellow card uh, early on in the 25th minute for a foul on Roger Espinoza. And, I mean, th- this, I, I really don't agree with this call because... He wasn't even going to call a foul initially. Like, he was going to play advantage, and it, it didn't look like anything. But then suddenly Roger Espinoza, uh, the sporting KC midfielder, dives, and uh, it's a yellow card for Jeff Cameron. So you go from no foul to a yellow card. I, I don't... I, I mean, maybe maybe he was playing the advantage, but still, I don't think that was a yellow card-worthy uh, challenge. And I don't think that... I don't think that that was the right decision by the referee. He ended up getting subbed off in the 59th minute for Graham Zuzzi, who, who played his role at right back uh, fairly well. And in general, I thought the defense was pretty solid. I mean, on paper, yes, Honduras did have more shots than us and did have more possession. But really, if you watch this game, you could tell that the U.S. was on the front foot most of the time. And all of Honduras's shots weren't nearly as high quality as the eight shots that the U.S. got, as opposed to the Honduras' 11. Um, Clint Dempsey, I did, I, did, I did mention his name in terms of goals and did praise him a little bit, but let me just emphasize this. This is a guy who hasn't played a game for the U.S. since the Copa America and had a lot of injury concerns towards the last part of the season for Seattle Sounders with his irregular heartbeat. He comes into this game, he leads this team, and he scores a hat-trick, and none of the goals were penalties either. They were all good goals, actually. I mean, uh, probably the most impressive was that volley in the top right corner past Escobar, but they're all impressive goals, and uh, just shout-out Clint Dempsey. I mean, he's he's a player that I don't think I get excited about enough, but he does the job, just like Josie Alzador. He scores the goals, and obviously, it's a lot easier to praise, you know, the freshness and the young talent of, of a Christian Pulisic or, Dar- or Darlington Nagby. But Clint Dempsey gives it his all, and it showed in this game. Um, you know, Christian Pulisic, though, while I mention him, I really don't think can be hyped enough. This this guy is 18 years old. He had three assists. Yes, I'm going to say three assists. And a goal. And he really could have had another goal or assist if there wasn't bad refereeing involved. But this guy, kid is 18 years old, and he's one of the best players on the field, if not the best player, and he's making it look so easy, he's not letting the pressure get to him, and he just looks like one of the other guys out there, and that is something that I think is worth celebrating, and I I, I think that for anyone to say, oh, you know, let's not get excited about Christian Pulisic, it's just, that's just a cynical um, mentality, and I really don't think it makes sense, because... I think it's a fair comparison for someone to compare Christian Pulisic, Christian Pulisic now versus Landon Donovan in his prime. Now, I'm not going to talk about that in this episode. I'm not going to compare them directly. I still, spoiler, I, I still do think that Landon Donovan uh, was better in his prime, but 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 I'll t- that's for another episode. Um, I I mean, this game, this game was 
very, very fun to watch. You know, in a, a lot of U.S. games, you know, obviously when we lose, it's not fun to watch. But even when even when we win, sometimes it just doesn't look that exciting. And to be honest, I didn't, I wasn't that excited in those uh, international friendlies that we did. Uh, we did fine in with just the MLS players under Bruce Arena. I felt really excited in this game. I felt more American, goddammit. And I am really excited about this team. We're sitting fourth right now in the CONCACAF qualifying. Mexico's first with seven points after their 2-0 uh, win versus Costa Rica. Uh, you know, Chicharito is just a player that's going to be very hard to stop in the return fixture against them. But obviously it's for a different episode. Costa Rica in second and Panama in third. United States in fourth, Trinidad and Tobago in fifth, and Honduras in sixth. So that was an important win for us, an important loss for them. And we also got our goal differential up to plus one, uh, you know, after losing by one goal to Mexico and losing four goal by four goals to Costa Rica. We get six goals in this game and no goals conceded, which means that we're back up to positive. So that's that. Those goals weren't useless. Um, they weren't just uh, putting salt in the wound for Honduras. They were actually beneficial to us. And right now we're sitting in that inter-confederation uh, playoff spot, and I don't want to stay there. Um, I, I think we're, we're, we're a lot better than that. Um, yeah, uh, I, I got to be honest. Uh, for <laughs> When I was watching this game, I was also watching uh, Wisconsin play in the Sweet 16 game in March Madness, so I didn't, I, I didn't get to get to have, get to have the same type of tactical analysis that I, that I want to normally, but I didn't need to look much to know that this team had a lot of chemistry, um, a mentality that allowed them to play an attacking type of, type of football right from the get-go in the fifth minute, a team that loves playing with each other, you could just tell by the way they celebrated together, and a team that I think should essentially be the same team that we go with uh, against Panama on Tuesday. So um, moving moving to that game, we had um, four players sent home. John Brooks, Michael Roscoe, Sebastian Lachette, and Jordan Morris. Uh, I think those are all due to injury. We got Paul Ariola coming into camp for that for that Panama game from Club Tijuana. Um, he's, he, he's, he's done well. I mean, he's had one World Cup qualifying appearance and one goal. Uh, so, I mean, can't really argue with that, and uh, I'm excited to see if he can play, but I do want a very similar, uh, lineup. I think that we can win that midfield battle if we go with Nagby, Bedoya, Pulisic, and Bradley. Um, you know, Panama's midfield is fine, it's not too strong. Uh, they have Armando Cooper, a player from Toronto FC, who plays as midfield, uh, for Panama. He has the speed, of of a right back though because he or, or a fullback because he does play fullback occasionally for Toronto FC but he can also play in the midfield and uh, Roman Torres a uh, center back that will look familiar to a lot of U.S. soccer fans he's from uh, Seattle Sounders he he will um, be playing in this game probably because he played in the last their last game against Trinidad and Tobago they're coming off a one zero loss to Trinidad and Tobago probably should have said that um, I couldn't find a lot about this game but. <coughs> But I think that Trinidad and Tobago did control a lot of the game, but they had a first half goal, and Arroyo leads the front lines for Panama, um, a striker that's pretty pacey, uh, reason to be concerned, you cannot give up individual mistakes uh, in the defense if we want to win this game, but I think overall, if we play how we did on Friday, uh, I think we'll be fine. 
uh, I mean, when you have Pulisic, Dempsey, and Althor clicking on on that kind of level, and I mean, it's going to be pretty pretty easy. Uh, Darlington Nagby didn't get to show off his individual brilliance as much as I would have liked in this game, but I think he's going to get the chance to uh, in this game um, because it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a battle one in the midfield. And it's going to be a, a little bit harder to play straight into our forwards. It's going to be we're going to have to have a little bit more one twos in the midfield, and I think that Pulisic and Nagby are going to have some interesting combinations uh, against Panama. And I'm really excited for this game. Uh, I'm just trying to see if there's anything I missed uh, regarding the Honduras game. I I I, re- I really don't think so. I mean I I I don't. I don't know how good this team truly is. Um, I'm I, I'm honestly just a little bit upset that we didn't get rid of Klinsman sooner because we could have had these results in qualifying um, earlier, maybe and maybe you know gotten some uh, some points against Mexico and Costa Rica, and maybe had a better showing in the Copa America. And I mean, really, I don't know. You could have made a case for firing Klinsman a long time ago. But I think that this team is a top 30 team in the world. I, 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 I think that given the right talent and the right coaching, this team can make a run for the quarterfinals if we're given a easy draw in the World Cup. Now, I know that this is pretty forward, but I, maybe I'm just too excited right now after that game. I, I, see, I see a team that has an identity, has a passion, has a spirit, has a, essentially a starter or a usual starter, for one of the best clubs in Germany on the team, and I mean, it's a it's a recipe for success right now, especially um, especially in this confederation. I think that we can pose a real threat in this confederation. Um, yeah, I I I I'll have another episode after the Panama game uh, covering that. I don't think that I'll be able to actually watch the game live. Um. Because I, that day I'm coming home from LA, so I might have to watch the recorded version. I might not have the same passion or be able to talk about my, rea- my reactions in the same way that I did this game. But uh, it's it, it is what it is. Um, I'll still try to find a way to to keep up with the game while I'm traveling, but I won't be able to probably watch the game actually. Um, so I I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, I know. It might be a little bit monotonous to hear the same voice for uh, a long time, but I'm trying to keep it interesting, and I think that the regular episodes might be a little more interesting because I'm going to plan on talking about the U.S. national team a lot in those main episodes, but obviously varying it up uh, between the Champions League and Europe's top leagues and MLS action as well. So if we're bouncing between topics, I think it'll it'll be a little bit more interesting, and we've got other plans for the podcast as well. So... All right, we have an email for this podcast at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We have a Twitter, that's at soccerbrospod. Our Instagram is also under the same handle, at, at soccerbrospod. Um, we have a Facebook as well. Check us out there. Check us out wherever podcasts are are distributed. I think that um, Spotify, we don't have them on yet, but we look to, we look to um, push that onto Spotify soon. Um, check out our website, too, soccerbrotherspodcast.com. We haven't done a great job of updating it um, over the past few weeks, but I do look to get back into the swing of things in terms of the website, so I'm really excited about that. 
And, uh, yeah, without, uh, that's probably it. Uh, make sure you root for the U.S. against Panama on Tuesday. Hopefully we can get back up in those top three spots after this match. And um, I'm really excited about the direction that the U.S. is heading. Um, yesterday I watched three games for my teams. I'm a Wisconsin sports fan, so I watched the Wisconsin game and I watched the Milwaukee Bucks game, who are doing really well right now. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks won against the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, Wisconsin lost, though, uh, off a heartbreaker three-pointer in overtime against the Florida. We, we fought so back to force into overtime, and we were just doing a great job. But then on the last play, it was just like, what the hell just happened? And I almost couldn't enjoy the U.S. game as much as I wanted to because I was so depressed by the Wisconsin game, and I was focusing on the Wisconsin game a little bit as well. But... Um, so, uh, I, this is this is really irrelevant, but uh, basically what I'm trying to say is that the analysis will be more thorough on the next U.S. games, so look out for that, and with that, uh, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. I'll see you next time on episode number 71 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. Thank you so much.